0: You're listening to the Omni Show, where we connect with the amazing community surrounding the Omni Group's award-winning products. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we learned how Yuho Vepsalainen uses OmniFocus. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Omni Show. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we have Yuho Vepsalainen, who's behind the Survive JS JavaScript book. Webpack and React, the founder of React Finland and the director of future Frontend conferences. He's been active in the open source community since the early 2000s and participated in projects like Blender and Webpack as a core team member. He lives in Finland and great to have you with us today, Juho. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for the invite. I think it's uh, going to be an interesting episode. And yeah, so let's discuss. Well, first up, Yuho, would you tell us uh, a little bit more about what you
0: find yourself doing these days, how people might know you, uh, you're from Finland. Uh, talk to us more about everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, so I think it's uh, mainly three things I do. So the first thing, uh, I'm like, I'm entrepreneur. I started my business 2016. I think I will tell a little bit more about this because it's related to the topic, OmniFocus. Uh, the second part is that I'm a conference organizer. So I, I ran REC Finland in the past. And now we started a new conference called Future Frontend. So the first edition took place one week ago and i think it was a great success so now we're looking to scale next year the third thing is that i'm a let's say doctoral researcher so i'm doing my phd at Aalto university in the past i finished my master's i think 2011 or so and then i had this uh, very crazy opportunity to go for phd i had exactly the right topic uh, and everything went together so now i'm doing my phd so it's mainly these three things and it's not always easy, but I think it's very interesting, let's say, like that. <laughs> so just a few things you have your, your hand in these days. Just a couple of things. Two years back, I moved to countryside in Finland. So I was living at the center of Vienna. So I went from this very big city into a tiny village. So It was a big uh, life change as well.
0: And you mentioned PhD. I don't want to let that get by. What Do you mind me asking what your PhD is in?
1: So I will focus on uh, hybrid websites. I start from uh, static, like you have static site generators and these technologies. We understand the benefits of these technologies, but we cannot always apply them. I'm looking to expand usefulness of static. As it happens after I started my PhD, many technologies in the space, they showed up. So Astro and Quick and many others that are finding better ways to develop for the web. So it feels like I was in the right place at the right time. It's one of those things.
0: That's awesome, and and back to everything you do. Uh, you also publish books, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I I wrote a couple of books for other developers, and in a way it's a it's a longer story. But I think we have a bit of time, so I can I can tell it. In the past, I found a blog post by Christian Alfoni about Webpack. It was a tool I didn't understand at that point, but then when I saw that blog post, I understood that this tool might change the world in a way, and then it did actually. But then I was in a phase in my life that I had to decide if I want to get a job or I want to do something on my own or, you know, you're in a crossing point. And then I started pitching this book idea to a publisher that I want to write a book about Webpack and they were like, we don't want to do it. But then you're in a position that you know that you want to do it anyway. So then I started writing. I went through self-publishing approach. So I pushed the first version of the book to a service called LeanPub. LeanPub is a place where indie writers like me can publish very, very easily. So you write in Markdown, uh, they will compile it to PDF, EPUB, mobile. What happened next? Well, not much happened next because maybe it wasn't that good book, but then I kept pushing and moving. I made a website around the content. I even gave the content for free for marketing because I figured, because nobody knows me, it's better for me to like gain visibility in the community by providing some free service. And then over longer term, it worked out. So people found my content and even if they found the book for free or the content for free, they ended up buying because it provided some value for them. But that's sort of the little bit longer story. Eventually I pushed to KDP, you know, Amazon, they have this publishing service. It's very easy to get your book uh, to a global distribution. I would say it was a good thing for me to go the self-publishing way. If you think about lessons in in publishing I think the key lesson for me was that when you do it seriously you have to do it in intervals so maybe publish new content to your readers like every one week or every two weeks so that they get constant value especially when you're developing the book and the content you can do it in a very agile way you can work with the audience and especially in the beginning when you don't know so much about writing you have to gain the experience so it's helping with that as well and I was lucky enough to get a good editor on board very early, so there was this guy from Spain that had much more experience about technical writing than than I did. So we went through the content, the books, with him, and the book content, and then he was able to provide instruction on like how to structure it, like how to write it. And eventually, I found my own writing style. So that was a key thing for me. And of course, because I'm not a native English speaker, then it took maybe some effort to get better at writing because uh, you're writing in a In in a language that's not your own, in a way. So that was bonus challenge.
0: Well, speaking of bonus challenge here, here is a bonus points challenge. I'd love to know if you have any recollection or memory of how you came across the Omni Group or Omni Focus. Any first memories of that at all, anywhere? Just anything that comes to mind.
1: So I looked it up. It was, let's say, April 2015. I bought the app 2015 and it was like 70 euros or hundred euros. I really had to think about it. Do I want to spend hundred euros or something? But then you can say that it was maybe the best investment of my life because one year later I set up my own company. So I was working through a cooperative before that, but that, you know, they take 10% out of everything and it's not yours. So then I was in a position that now I have to set up a company. So I could say that OmniFocus, it changed my life. You can, you can say that. Wow. Yep.
0: Uh, what a compliment. Very, very grateful for that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it was like the best investment ever for me. But I think I likely could have achieved the same without the app. But I mean, I think it gave me the discipline I needed to grow my business.
0: And talk to us about what you used the app for in your business. Was it or was it just your business? Uh, was it every area of your life, just the professional part of your life? How did that look for you?
1: So it's a little bit mixed. I mean, the background is that I think in the summer before I bought it, I was reading this Getting Things Done book. It was somehow very impressive for me, because uh, then I understood a couple of principles, then it was sitting here somewhere in my mind, and then I started using uh, OmniFocus as my system. The most important thing for me was to use it as sort of as a place where I can push my ideas. And if something comes to my mind, I push it to the system, because otherwise I will simply forget So it has a couple of purposes for me. One is capturing. So what I do, I have these projects, I push ideas to projects. And then one day when I have time or it feels like the right time, I look at the list and then I start working on the list. So like that's how I make book revisions because I have a couple of books when it feels like the right time to do a new edition. I look at my list, start going through the items. I have a new edition together. So it's sort of saving time for research. So that's the professional aspect. And then there's personal aspect because now i own a house you have to do certain things at certain times so i can schedule i put a scheduled task like clean the ventilation or whatever it's helping me to remember to do the things that i have to do because otherwise i might forget it's uh, just uh, for recurring tasks for runtime tasks and of course for business phd all that because i do a lot of things and i really have to get these things done so i think it will be impossible for me to get things done without the system
0: that's really cool, what you were talking about, this uh, place of I, idea incubation where yeah, ha- I've heard so many people talk about, well, I can't be organized because I want to be creative when the inspiration strikes me. And yet being able to capture those inspiring ideas in a way that when you sit down to write, you have this uh, bucket of 10, 15 things that were good ideas, at least at the time that you had them, that's really wise. Yeah, exactly. Yep. What advice would you have for somebody who is maybe just getting started, either curating the knowledge in their head or needing a task manager because their responsibility has grown more than what they can keep in their head? How would you advise somebody to move forward in that way?
1: I think the first step is to find a system. I mean, you don't have to pay money for it. Just find a system that can be a to-do list, it can be a Trello or, or something similar. But the place where you can push your ideas and then organize. I think that's sort of the minimal. And then you, over time, you might see some value in it. If you can get value out of it, then you start using it, and then you start doing more of it and get more value. So it, it's sort of a snowball kind of thing. You have to get started with a simple system and maybe get a bigger system later. Or if you're a software developer, maybe you build your own own thing. I mean, that's the point. I'm a software developer, so I think in systems. So it was natural for me to get a structured approach.
0: Fun fact, just uh, every assessment I've ever taken that has to do with sequential thinking, step-by-step thinking versus uh, systemic, I always show up as as sequential. And I've always admired systems thinking, people that can think about how independent or seemingly independent stuff are are related to each other uh, as a part of the whole. So I really admire that way of thinking.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I want to mention one thing. It makes it very easy for me to work. I wake up at the morning. I mean, now I'm in this, let's say, in inbox mode. So I have a lot of too many items on my inbox. So I didn't categorize these items. But these are sort of the items I have to get done short term. But I, I would love to let, get rid of this list altogether one day so I can work from the projects. But it's just giving my days and weeks some structure because I always know what's the next import task to be done. Then this systematic thinking, it helps me with deadlines because I have to push some papers to certain, if I want to publish, I have to be on time. In addition to having the tasks and to understand what has to be done and when. So it's like over time kind of thinking then that's why I use Google calendar as well. So I push my deadlines to Google calendar, but it's actually syncing with OmniFocus so I can see the deadlines here as well, which is super handy. You just
0: did mention Google Calendar, that's a great transition. Is, is there any software that works in tandem with OmniFocus for you? So uh, zooming out that either hooks into it as input or uh, gets sent out of it as part of the output process, where does OmniFocus fit in the overall workflow for you?
1: Yeah, so it's a little separate, but I, I use Apple Notes because Apple Notes is more free form. Like I'm planning the conference for next year. So what I did, I started one document on my Apple Note. I wrote down the days, so I have the teams, and then the initial speakers. And I was able to refine this into a concrete plan today. Apple Notes is super handy for like something freeform and I can draw in it. I have iPad where I can draw can make this uh, like shopping list or whatever. So OmniFocus cannot do everything for me, but it's just one of the tools I use. And I, there is some value in using a variety of tools that make more sense for you. But I mean, I like Apple Notes because it's freeform, easy to use. It's not really for tasks, but for something a little bit more, let's say, vague or obscure. Like, yes, something to draw, just push it to the system.
0: Okay, and then coming out of OmniFocus, I guess it depends on what work mode you're in, whether it's writing or coding or anything like that.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh, for writing my papers, I use a service called Overleaf. It's collaborative writing. And for software things, I use, of course, GitHub. So you have GitHub tasks and this issue trackers and and whatever.
0: Okay, fairly uh, open-ended question here, but what makes you passionate about being as productive as possible? You know, you mentioned coming across this book, getting things done, and something activates on you, saying, "Yes, I I want to be and do as much as I possibly can in order to be the most, make the most I can." Where what is the source of that for you?
1: I mean, it's a little bit difficult question, but I I think for me have to understand I'm already a little bit on the older side. So for me, life is not all about work, but it's about getting things done that you like. It's like doing the work that has meaning. the think meaningful work that's giving you the will to go on. You have to do something that makes sense. I think I will not be very happy in a, in some position where what I do, doesn't feel to make a difference, but it is like this conference work writing. It feels like it's making a difference or like impact. So I think if I have to think about what I do, where I get inspiration from, it's from uh, things that have some kind of impact on the environment and other people.
0: Talk to me about automation. Is there any automation in your OmniFocus system? I know you mentioned repeating tasks. I consider that a form of automation. Uh, but beyond that, is there anything else that you do that you say, hey, this helps me kind of keep things rolling in an automated way, whether it's Omni automation or something different than that?
1: I don't rely on automation so much. I think these timers, uh, not timers, but, the, you know, not notifications that you have to do something like every month or every two weeks or every year. Even these kind of reminders are highly useful, m- useful for what I do. I think these days, some people, they use this GPT and artificial intelligence and all that. I'm not so much into that yet, but I think it, that will be the direction to investigate because it's clearly making some difference. But I, I don't have so many automations going on. I think I have more home automation than software automation. So everything in my home is automated. So I move in the house and the lights turn on and off and this kind of things, but not in terms of software.
0: Is there anything that you've experienced in your career journey so far that you would advise somebody against doing themselves? So like, maybe not a failure, but if if you're going to go ahead and try this out, I I would skip it. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, it's this interesting one because then when you're young, it's a good time to gain experience. And I think some of the experience you cannot, you really have to go through these things. I can give you advice, but you might not take the advice. I think one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received when I was like 20, uh, it was that before you're 30, you should try different types of jobs, like different types of careers. And then you find your preference, you find what you like, you like what you prefer and what you don't, because once you understand yourself enough, then it's easier to go in the direction that you prefer. So you don't end up like drifting but you are you can be like determined about something so i think that will be my advice that you have to find the thing that's really for you you if people
0: are interested in connecting with you or any of the things that you're up to because <laughs> you're up to a lot of things uh how can they do that
1: i mean most likely the easiest way to connect is to go to my website so because you will find other relevant contacts from that place I mean, it's uh, most likely easiest I, I on Twitter and, and LinkedIn or whatever, but I think that's a, that's a good way to do it.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Yuho. Thanks. Hey, and thank all of you for listening today, too. You can find us on Mastodon at theomnishow at omnigroup.com. You can also find out everything that's happening with the Omnigroup at omnigroup.com slash blog. <laughs>